seconds. Tim English bring the ball back into play. Not sure that's what Rackman's meant to do. Anything goes. He's had two bounces. Bulldog supporters just close your eyes and think that English can kick it to the wing. Kicks it long. It's really long. I don't think it's been touched. Petrarca has produced something from just on the 50. And the umpires will talk about it. 41 seconds to play. We go to a score review. Review complete. Looking at these angles, there is insufficient evidence to determine if the ball is touched. Decision on the scoreboard. MPO Sports Podcast. We have two rounds remaining in the AFL season of 2023. Yet again, we're still looking at needing a Sheldon Cooper formula to work out who finishes in the eight. It is really anybody's um, game for, you know, the bottom couple of positions. And you could argue a couple of different arguments for the two that finish in the bottom half of the four. But it is what it is. And I dare say Woody is a happy Carlton supporter. Um, that might be an understatement, saying that I'm, I'm a happy Carlton supporter. But we'll get to them um, later when the time comes. Um, and as far as your Sheldon Cooper formula goes, um, yeah. Um, it's still looking relevant, isn't it? Look, mm. Richmond are mathematically a chance, but realistically, they're out of it. So, um, look, technically, Carlton can still drop out. So, no team from fifth down to 12th is either safe in the eight or. Um, yeah, just many different results go many can make, go many different ways, and yeah, so there's still the top four is obviously locked in. They're not going anywhere, um, but yeah, you've got um, eight teams to that need to try and um, make up the last four spots with two rounds to go, and a few of them play each other um, over the next couple of weeks. So, um, they, as you said, Sheldon Cooper couldn't even work this out right now. No, and look. The only Monty in the top four for the position they're in is Collingwood because of the games in hand. But anyone from second down to four could change sort of order, couldn't they, depending on results? Um, yeah, so there's only a game separating um, <laughs> Melbourne in fourth to Brisbane in second. Melbourne's got a superior percentage. Um, so yeah, Collingwood's the only team in the top eight that's locked into their position. And as we said, yes. all the way down to 12, they're still in contention. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, anyway, well, St Kilda playing Richmond. Um, Richmond's zone was like playing against witches' hats at times. Uh, St Kilda, who have lacked polish at times this season, were able to thread the needle um, with their passing in that inside and working their way inside to the 50, which was actually uh, quite good to watch. But as good as it was to watch, Richmond were equally as poor to watch as far as their defence and zoning went. Um, I read on um, a lot of social media people arguing that uh, Max King was gifted free kicks, etc., like that, um, and sort of basically... Basically, getting that to um, be the reason behind him kicking six goals, I 
Look, I believe he basically was a classic case of the big forward and defenders panicking. Yeah. Um, you know, if he didn't put himself in positions to take a mark or win a free kick, he wouldn't be getting the marks or free kicks to have the shots at goal, would he? It's no, and when you've got a sample. But you know what? I'm, and I bang on about it every week and it just gets more and more monotonous. If the only thing you've got in your arsenal is to bitch about the umpires and say the umpires cost this goal and the umpires this, the umpires that, just give up talking about it because you've got nothing of value to add to a conversation about footy. If that's all you're fixated on is the umpires. Fair enough, umpires make mistakes. That's fine, but don't harp on it. Max King had seven shots at goal and he kicked six goals one and St Kilda took care of Richmond as they should have. They're the facts that matter. And in fairness to Max King, the limited football he's played this year and he has kicked exceptionally um, straight from set shots. Which, well, if you go back and listen to our pre-season um, predictions and oh, whatever you want to call it, views into the season and whatever. Um, Max King's kicking was a big question mark for all of us, wasn't it? But um, yeah, I think he, he's put those concerns to bed and he's been super a lot. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure what he's actually kicked this year, but um, yeah, he's been super reliable. Let's let's say I would be banking without looking at stats that he's he's got to be in the vicinity of 80% efficiency, surely, with his goal-kicking this um, year compared I'm, to his. I'm not <clears throat> exactly sure. I'm going to try and look it up quickly while you... Mm. Um, while you um, continue talking about the Saints yeah. and what maybe what they've got yeah, this no. week against Geelong. Um, and Nasaya, his ball use just continues to... I don't know, amaze me. Um, just the way he's fit. Like, when he was drafted to St Kilda, um, there was a lot said around his... Um, he was the best field kick of his draft group. And I tell yeah. you what, some of the um, targets he picks out in traffic, etc., like that, he definitely is a special player when it comes to field kicking. And um, I believe he was one of the reasons why... Our threading the zone happened, um, was his kicking. And the ever-reliable Jack Sinclair, yet again, he is a ripper. And probably the stat, I know you're not big on stats always, Woody, but that um, stat that I found the other day that I posted to our discussion group around Marshall, only four games this year he has gone under 100 on the Dream Team points. Yeah, that's... That that's that's consistency. That's what that is. Forget yeah. about that's anything else. For a ruckman, that's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's just super consistent. So uh, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, no. Now and, back to back to quickly on Max yeah. King. Um, you're saying that he's kicking at um, about eighty percent. Oh, um, that was just a that was just a guess. Yep. So I can let you know you were wrong for a start. He's kicked twenty two okay. goals eight. Which is seventy three percent. So not no, bad, no. not bad no. at all. Uh, and he's I only played nine wrong, games. I, yeah, and I may have been wrong, but I plucked that um, off the top of my head. So look, end of the day, I'd bank that he's probably ahead of 
quite a few guys that have played most of the season if they're kicking for goals. So, you know, no, he's been he's like, been really reliable. We've always liked his marking and his lead up play, but he's he's kicking for and he's only played nine games, I know. Um yeah. which is probably you know probably gonna help him in the long run, you know, five, six, seven, eight years from now, maybe not being so battered. But um if he can get a full season, like we we looked at it with Charlie Kerner as well. He missed a couple of years and then he's um looked likely to go back to back Coleman's. Um a fit Max King could do something similar. I I think um a fit Max King, and this is not um even having a crack at Kerner or trying to, you know, um minimize his effect on a game, but if King can string together consist- consistency with his size, there's not a defender in the league that's going to beat him in a one-on-one. Oh, and, and you know what? Um, what? Carlton fans would say the same about um, Charlie Kernow as well. So, um, And mm. I don't think you're wrong about Max King either. I mean, they're, they're both super talents. Mm. I guess what, what I'm trying to get at, King's sheer... Um, Full stretch. It's his length, no isn't one, it? It's that length. Yeah, no one's compared to Kerno, no one's going to be able to punch the ball because no. they just can't get the hooked. That's sort of where I'm coming from. But, um, yeah, you're uh, so they, they St Kilda gave Richmond a bit of a touch up on the weekend, really. Richmond didn't offer much resistance, um, which probably leads us to our shirtless friend that's joined us, Chris Shields. Oh, shit, go on, guys. Is he shirtless again? Oh, of course he's shirtless. Um, so probably the most pertinent thing to ask our, our resident Tiger fan here is uh, how do we feel about Jack Rewalt's retirement? It's probably a year overdue. Oh, fuck, he is shirtless. Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were talking shit. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, no, yeah, so a year, yeah, a year... Well, well. Well, well, on the Sunshine Coast, the weather's a, a bit more forgiving in winter than it is down your way. So, well, and and I guess it's a good climate for a naturalist like yourself. <laughs> um, I'd rather talk about Jack Rewalt, to be honest. Um, as you said, Chris, he's he's fallen into the trap that a lot of players get into of going on that one year too many, really. Um, and the, and which the, I think the, is what the, he's the, done the, here, but I mean, let's not let's not also just gloss over his achievements um, before this year. Like he, um, I think I think the big issue for him, like, and, I, and I'd be lying if I if I said that I think if Tom Lynch didn't get injured, Jack might have even played next year. I feel like he him himself feels like he can still play football, even though we know he's well past it. Um, and just due to, you know, Richmond's real lack of forward tool, like key position depth coming through, um, he's kind of like, so yeah, with Lynch going down, I think it's he's kind of had to exert more of himself and play a much bigger role this year than he probably planned to. Um, on and, that, and, though... Uh, just on that. And the, same, um, and the same goes for Cochin as well. Yeah. So I was just going to say on that with the Rewalt and the Lynch injury stuff, if if Lynch hadn't been injured, do you think that would have lent itself more to um, Noah Cumberland playing more games as well? 
Oh, absolutely. Because I think he, he's one for the future, Cumberland. I think I like what I've seen from him so far. I mean, well, he's obviously been like, inconsistent. He's been dropped a couple of times. But um, I think signs going forward for a young a young forward, well, um, you can't be disappointed. Before he was re- recalled, um, I, you know, you look at his three VFL games before that, he went six, six and five or something. It's like, you know, it's it's pretty obvious that he can kick goals if you if you put him in the position, get him his matchups and get get him good quality distribution from the middle. Yeah, and he's 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 a good size. He's what, twenty two years old now. So I mean, there's an opportunity there for him and he has to take it. We've shown glimp he's he's shown glimpses of his talent. But um, he needs to I, um, bring that consistency now. I think with I think with Richmond's <clears throat> back six, so to speak, pretty you know, like as long as nobody goes in the way of Grimes, Bolter, um, Broad, Rioli, Short, you know, the, the, like those. Like I think when Gibkiss comes back now, at the end of last year, um, Hardwick played him forward for a few games, and he kicked. Some handy goals, um, Gibkiss. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him come up, like next season, maybe him and Lynch lining up forward as the two yep. main forward targets. What What do you see for Richmond? Obviously, this season's done and dusted for them now. Um, mathematically, still a chance, but realistically, no chance of making finals. Um, what's What's the prospects for early prospects for next year? Oh, look, I just think it's um, it's just getting more, like making sure that your Sonsies and, and your Ralph Smith, like like Young and Mansell, I think, are two guys this year that kind yep. of have somewhat cemented themselves um, as young guys in the rotation going forward for the future. Because they have um, to, they have to do it from within, don't they? Because they've got no draft capital with the Taranto and Hopper deals and whatever else. So it's got to be from well, within. Um, but but again, you know, like the back end of this year, we, uh, you know, like for the last you know five weeks or so, there's been no Morris, and um, you know, like in the VFL, he's he's been been played in the midfield uh, in the VFL o- over the last month or so, and he's you know having games where he has 26 touches and his, and you know what he's like, his pressure's like in the forward line, you know, he kind of brings that to the midfield as well, which, um, I, you know, I'd like to see maybe that utilized next year, like a little, like an old school Sean Hart style Rover role, I think would be really good for Morris Rioli. Yeah, okay. that's probably fair. Um, so we've spoken about St Kilda and who they played this last week. Now uh, we might move on to who they play this week and, and ask Jeremy about the Cats. Yeah, just before we do that, I just want to say to the listeners, I watched um, Jack Rewalt's speech to the playing group about retirement and I was surprisingly impressed the way he conducted himself and and the way he went about things. So... You know, look, you might have been a flog um, as far as opposition supporters go, but good on you, uh, Jack, and good on your career. Yeah, he, he might, well, have been, think... might have been a flog in that sense from the outside looking in, but there's no doubt that he's loved by his teammates. 
Oh, and he, I, and I, I don't think I don't think there's really I don't think there's any doubt um, that kind of the Tigers' core, so to speak, that won won the flags um, were very arrogant and 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 you know, outspoken and whingy and that kind of thing before we won the flags. You know, Dusty, Jack, Koch, and everyone had something to say about them. But I think um, kind of the way that they've kind of grown and. Um, matured over the last five, or like all of them over the last five or six years, um, has been re- really obvious. Yeah. Um, and kind of the leadership. Yeah, and they'll miss. They're, they're going to lose a few guys at the same time with Grimes and whatever as well within the next couple of years. Um, one last thing on the Jack Rewalt thing: if you're one of those Muppets that says that he was a better player than Nick, you're just a dead set idiot. Absolutely. Anyway, Jez, how about the cats? How are they looking? Uh, let me start by saying, uh, Tim, I, I didn't know when I got onto this Zoom that we were going to have Hacksaw Jim Duggan as a guest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so, but, I'm, but, I'm, but I'm pleased he's here, nonetheless. Pleasantly surprised. Pleasantly surprised. All, all he's missing is the two by four. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But anyway, I digress. Uh, yeah, the cats. Um, well, basically, it's pretty simple. Equ- pretty simple equation. If we lose to St Kilda this week, we're cooked. And if you win, you know Monty either. Yes. Yeah. I think that if we win, the season carries on, and we have to win the next week. But losing this week is fine. Do you, do you really care if the season carries on? Honestly, honestly, if we did. If we did drop the game to St Kilda, I wouldn't be that upset about it. Yeah. Get a couple of picks higher in the draft. Yeah, get a get a higher pick, and we'd be put ever put out of our misery, and we'd pretty much be on brand of what we that that Geelong team that played against Collingwood last week was on brand. So that was on brand for twenty twenty three. So, on, random question: Who does St Kilda play in the last round of the year? Brisbane and Brisbane. Oh damn it! We we almost got a grim reaper meme going on because St Kilda ended our season last week, and they could end Geelong's season this week. And I was just wondering if they could end someone else's season. No, in the they last definitely week. can't. No. Um, no, no. Geelong could end St Kilda's season because I don't see St Kilda winning up in Brisbane. Well, that's right, yeah. So there's still, you know, someone can end someone's season in this game for sure. Well, um, because who did, who did Geelong have in the last round? Did they have uh, they uh, the Bulldogs? The Bulldogs. They the Bulldogs. But but who who trusts who trusts the Bulldogs right now? Oh, who trusts the Bulldogs? That's that's a fair point. But also, let's not pretend that GMHBA or Skilled Stadium or whatever you want to call it is the the fortress that it used to be they're, they're definitely beatable if the bulldogs come to play they are, well, well, I'd, well, rather I... play, I'd rather play them there than any other venue oh of course but it's not it's not the lock that it used to be is it playing there no I, 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 I can tell you firsthand i attended games there whilst living in geelong and it's not a fortress at all in fact half of the entire stadium's missing <laughs> that, that, yeah, it's not a great defense, is it? I think, I think that's what it's doing. 
in fact, Christopher, it looks like a bomb site. Um, I was I was at the ticket stand, standing in gravel of the car park, and I was like, "Yep, I've made it. I'm, I'm at." <laughs> You've made ah. it to Geelong. Yeah, I just want to <laughs> throw one more question at you, Jeremy. As Geelong season clearly winds down, and you've lost a lot of motivation, enthusiasm, or expectation. Um, so you're saying, you know, losing a couple of games and picking high in the draft isn't going to be a bad thing. Forget attaching a name and forget pretending that you know about what talent's coming through. What position would you like to target? Well, obviously the midfield, I think, because uh, particularly uh, at centre bounces where we <laughs> we lack we lack quite a bit of well, everything. Not, well, not, yeah, well, there's a lot we lack in there. And, like, Dangerfield hasn't got long left. Tommy Atkins is pretty much our only centre clearance player. So everybody else is, like, what do you so, Do I you have... That's obvious. That's what obvious, hope... Uh, what, not hope. What optimism um, do you have for Tanner Bruin or Jack Bowers to, to play those sorts of roles that are needed? Do you think they're no, still... Do you think they're young enough and have shown enough to... to yeah. Fill the void. I think I think Bose is probably going to be what he'll be, but uh, Bruno is only twenty years old. And he's he, yeah. he has shown some he has shown some things this year. So um, I'm pretty optimistic <coughs> that Bruno will turn out to be a, a really good player. But we still need more bodies in there. Yeah. So I think Bose Bose is going to be what he'll be. Which, You're just being, if he can be just terrible. be an honest, if he can just be an honest player, that's probably yeah. as good as it's going to get, isn't it? It won't be, it won't be terrible, but I, yeah, I don't, I think, yeah, it's going to be if, weird. If he's, if he's the 25th best player on your list, but more so than the 16th, it's not going to surprise you either, is it? No, it's not going to shock me. Jeremy, I must say though, um, as woeful as Geelong might be in the midfield, I'd love to have their problems of me coming off the back of a premiership though. Yeah, well, I think that that might that might point to me um, being not quite cut as deep as I or would be if, at the prospect of missing finals. Hence, why I sort of um, put it out there because it's not that hard to read between the lines. <laughs> no, like I've seen four of the buggers, I'm pretty good. Um, every team, every team goes. Oh, we've staved it. We've staved it off for a good decade and a half, which is remarkable, really. So. I think, but it's 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 going to come eventually because all those blokes are thirty and not, they're not going to hang around forever. They, they, they just aren't. Uh, and the comp the competition is designed the competition is designed for teams that finish on the top. They can't get access to the best talent. That's right. So, now, before we move on to uh, the old we are the navy blues, I just want to mention a psychological falcon that I've witnessed because later on, <laughs> what he'll talk falcon. Now, psychologically, I got a, I woke up uh, yesterday morning to an inbox from late that night from the mad scientist stating that he'd been blocked by my mate, and I and I logically thought it must have been Woody because Woody was forever telling the guy he's insane, <laughs> crazy. So I, I blocked Woody. Woody, and Woody, Woody, Woody would never Woody 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 would never forego the opportunity to give Bradley. So I blocked Woody. And but in the interim, I'd also said to the mad scientist, "Who was it?" <coughs> All I can say is, apparently, um, the mad scientist had said to someone, 
that um, Hawthorne, uh, something about Mitchell and Hawthorne, as in um, player, not um, coach, and, um, you know, about didn't improve them or whatever it was, and no fight from the person. They just blocked the mad scientist, just blocked him. Imagine being sensitive about someone continually throwing barbs at your club. Imagine that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't think there's a more hated team in the league than Richmond. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you you wear it like a badge of honour, Chris. Yeah. (laughs) And, Chris, what we'll do is let's just both at the same time say, Hi, Clayton. (laughs) (laughs) That's who blocked the mad scientist. So, oh, anyway. God. Well, when you mentioned Hawthorne, that didn't come as a shock. It nailed it down <laughs> to one of, like, three people. So, anyway, we're not here to, to, to be throwing um, <laughs> two-stroke on a fire. Um, Woody, how's Carlton going? Um, look, I'm just going to say I'm going to have – I've been quite reserved – and you know, yeah, 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 the last, yeah. I've been I've been quite reserved the last few weeks. We've won eight in a row. You know, we beat Collingwood, we beat Port Adelaide, and I've been a bit reserved. I'll tell you what. Up. I'll tell you what. Right now, the lid's off. I honestly, the way Carlton's yeah. playing, and the you know, you look at some of the players that are out and still got to come back in. McKay, Chera, Walsh, um, Silvani, and Kennedy will probably find it hard to come back in. Um, and you, you you want to be careful about bringing too many back in at the same time to upset the balance. But for me, the lid's off. Like, there, there's no reason that this team can't be making a prelim or grand final. Like, this is the way they've played the last eight weeks. Um, this is as good as any team's played all year. I'll put it to you this way. I understand where you're coming from because it's a bit like that line from that classic uh, sitcom Seinfeld when Kramer says, I'm out there, Jerry, and I'm loving every minute of it because that's what you would be doing as a Carlton supporter, yeah, right? And at the as I said, I've, but despite people's best effort, efforts to bait me and you know, you know, get me to you know talk about flags and stuff like that, I've held it in. I've held it in. But honestly, you look at the way they've played the last five, six, seven, eight weeks. Um, this is it's been really good footy, been hard at it footy, been attractive footy. The defence is tight. Um, the forwards are kicking goals. Um, everyone's doing their bit. Fogarty's come in, done a job. Um, David Cunningham, he's come in. He's looked good. Paddy Dow, well, um, he, he's I, been I really good the last few weeks. Thing. I mean, there's there's a depth, a, a genuine depth in Carlton right now that the list and the club hasn't seen for a long, long well, time. Well, so well, if well, any... If any Carlton fan, you know, is wants to talk flags and grand finals, I think we've got every right to be that excited because, in all honesty, I mean, Port Adelaide um, the last month haven't looked good. Um, Brisbane have been good enough all year. Collingwood, I mean, right now, on form, Carlton are a top four team. Yeah, um, well, I guess one of the big things for me is this time last year when we were discussing Carlton, we were going... Yeah, yeah, there's, seven, there's you know, seven guys that are great and the rest are passengers or, you know, we don't know, you know. But now this year, like a lot of those guys you mentioned before, the Cunninghams and these kind of guys, you know, 
they've found their role and they're playing it well and and it's kind of com- coming together the way that like like it, it's kind of like we weren't like we're on the fence and now yep okay those guys turned out to be okay so yeah. and and you and said you know kind of, the the last however long we've talked about how many passengers Carlton have had there's been no passengers um over this stretch everyone's come in done their job exactly. played a part Paddy Dow, he's the one that excites me because, in all honesty, he's probably going to go at the end of the year, and I wish him well. But I mean, Carlton fans have been waiting and waiting for him to come into the side, and and he's shown that he can play at AFL level. Um, and he's not the only one. There's a there's a good mix there um, amongst this list. Mitch McGovern's still out out of the team, and you know he he may not find a way back in immediately. Um, it's it's a Finally, a good time to be a Carlton fan. I haven't been able to say that for a long, long time. Yes, and um, let's hope for Carlton's um, sake that they actually continue on into September with the form they've had. And, um, yeah, if it's not this year, it's certainly going to be in the next couple of years that they will probably prelim or grand final. Yeah, and, and every club has optimism at the start of each year, and Carlton fans especially. But this time, it's warranted, and there's evidence there to suggest that this team could could go very, very deep in this finals run. And in all honesty, on form, are as good a chance as anyone right now. Yep. Yep. For sure. So, Woody, um, just wondering, did anything happen Falcon-wise this weekend? Um, there was a couple, but there was an absolute belter on Friday night in the Collingwood Geelong. I game. think I know where you're going with this. Oh, Billy Frampton just charges out at the ball that's come in from, um, can't remember which Geelong midfielder kicked it, but he's charged out. He's led the pack straight to his hands, straight in the face. That's what we love to see. And um, did you love his way? Um, no, not so much. I loved that he got smashed in the face with the ball. So, so you, you didn't like you didn't like my Peter Frampton? Um, no, no, no. I con- deliberately ignored that. No, that was that was tactical. than some of your dad jokes, but anyway. Oh, what do you mean? I, my my dad joke from a couple of weeks ago was a elite level joke. Yes, as far as silent movies go, it would have been a leap. Wow. But anyway, anyway, <laughs> shout out, shout, shout out to the Carpenters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, I'm sure uh, old Josh is going to have some fun uh, doing our editing, old Watto, and um, he'll be using Zaggy 2's velvet tones, um, probably in the intro and outro, and who knows what little bit of commentary he puts on at the start of the episode. Now, Woody, if someone is willing to talk to us in social media, how do they do it? Um, Well, they can um, hit us up on Facebook, just search MPO Sports. Um, We put a lot of content on a few footy pages and whatever as well. Um, or Twitter at NPO underscore sport, engage with us on there. Um, and just on Josh Watson and his editing skills, those um, little commentary snippets in the intro have been a brilliant addition this year. Yes, I think that. And I'm just glad that he's not editing videos because there was Especially a... tonight. Yeah, correct, because it was actually a... <laughs> 
an all-female band in the 80s that allegedly recorded naked in the studio. Well, we're doing pretty close to that. Well, Chris is anyway. And that band oh, on the to the Bengals. Well, and, and, well in, in future, in future, send a dress code in advance and... <laughs> all, all I can say... All I can say to the listeners is, if you, if you can see what's on our screens now with Chris just sitting there topless, you'll understand why we're audio only. And <laughs> think, to believe that um, Jeremy had a crack at me looking like friggin' Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Uh, no, I think that I think that was a, a dig at um, Chris, actually, and his... Oh, uh, George, a, I, I'm sure a, he was going for that. Attempted oh, a I, beard, I, 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 assumed, I assumed it was a dig at Tim as well. Yeah, so did I, because I've got the flannel on. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, okay. Oh, well, we might have to confirm with him which way it was, but, um, yeah. But, you know, speaking of that flannel, I think you wear it better than most probably would. You, you can pull that off, I reckon. Yeah, I reckon. Look at that beer belly. Anyway, <laughs> uh, uh, mind you, my beer belly's covered up with clothing, listeners. Um, as for Chris, well, that's another story. But I must say we're now two, three minutes into the Australia versus England. It's pretty much time to watch the um, semi-final and watch probably England win 3-0. Yep, and then in a few weeks oh, we can God. watch Carlton win the flag. Good work. <laughs>